It's the Tiltcast, episode 508, Not $60 Mad. And this week, guys, we talk about Hard Space Shipbreaker, Vampire Survivors, King Arthur Knight's Tale, and the first day of Summer Game Con. Stay tuned. I'm only kind of mad. Ah, that was way too delayed. It's the Tiltcast. It is 8.47 p.m. on June the 10th at 8.47 p.m. Way later than we wanted. Hey, but you know what? It's actually still light outside because we're two days away from the longest day of the year, I believe. Um, Yep. It's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. And together with the two of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news, and a little bit of Summer Game Fest. Um, I like it. If you followed us from last week, you know that we are rusty list for a couple-ish weeks while he gets settled in in the wee hamlet of a unknown town in Michigan. Um, we're not going to name it because there's only like 300 people that live there. Just by the process of elimination, you could find his house. Um, exactly. So, um, but yeah, he uh, literally... Just pulled up like about two hours ago um, to his home, his future home in Michigan. Um, Jason is remote because gas prices, even in a very low state, are well over $4 a gallon. Um, what it, what was it today? Fuck, it was uh, 4.26 when I put four gallons in on Wednesday and that cost me 20 bucks. Yeah, I used to. Not gonna say it. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not go there. But anywho, um, Jason's gonna alternate. Sometimes he's gonna be in studio. Sometimes he's not. It's uh, not necessarily a long drive. It's just <laughs> it cost him about three gallons to get here. So if he really wants to come by, somewhere between twelve and fifteen bucks just to record weekly. Well, it's not even necessarily three gallons to get there because on the highway. You know, I get my truck gets pretty damn good highway gas mileage, but it's still it it's a it's about a gallon and a half to two gallons just one way. And if it's costing me over four bucks for a gallon. Yeah. Uh, I can buy lots of energy drinks instead. It's a fair point. Um <laughs> Well, I guess I'll just kind of start off. You have anything fun or interesting happen this week? I mean, interesting. Yes, I spent the I spent the last uh, call it two and a half hours installing a uh, installing a trailer tow package on my wife's car because she's decided she needs to be able to. Uh, uh, Put a put a bike rack or one of those like small little miniature flatbeds on the back of her car to haul shit now. Just random even though we have a large ass SUV, you know. So there we go. To put it out there, I guess it's a happy wife, happy life. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Don't question it. So I did. Even right, though even though it seems uh, impractical. So I did do that. Um, she found a deal on a trailer hitch, didn't she? 
and then she took it oh, to the yeah. next spot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, totally. Actually, my the uh actual uh ball hitch that's currently installed on my truck probably won't come out of uh of the hitch receiver on my truck just because if we really need to pull like a trailer or a boat or something, we're not going to do that with her car. Uh, um, it probably only has like a tow capacity of like two thousand pounds or something, right? It, yeah, because it's because it's only the V six and it it doesn't have the uh, there is a higher class model. I mean, we've got one of the higher class models, but there's the top class of the model. Um, even though it's a traverse and technically it's it's more of a crossover and not a straight SUV, so it's not a truck chassis. The highest class model still doesn't have the truck chassis, but it comes with the uh with the whole kit not only bolted in but also welded to the frame. Which adds uh which of course adds more weight capacity to the hitch. Gotcha. Uh, uh, whereas the one I put in just now is just bolted. Um, and I don't have the skills, the machines, or the time to sit there and weld it in. So I could probably figure out, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> well. Especially when my, especially when my truck even be in a, uh, even be in a half ton pickup, I have hauled, uh, well over well over six thousand pounds with it before. So if I need to pull something, I'm pulling it with that. Yeah, and at a certain point you're gonna wear out your engine doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've only done that twice. And those were very short trips, like within ten miles. Uh I'm not doing a long haul with that much weight. Um so I did that. That was a fun little two out, two and a half hour excursion tonight right after I got home from work. Uh, and then the rest of the week, really, um, you know, I've had a, I've had a couple nights where I, uh, uh, where I sat and relaxed and, uh, played some video games. Uh, well, I say video games. I really just, I was tired enough and worn out enough. That, uh, I went into a, into one of my old, uh, standby shut my brain off games and I played some, I played some PGA tour on the Xbox. Just that's pretty old school right there. Well, it's, it's the last version, which was, I think 2018. I don't remember. It was the year they, Dropped Tiger Woods and picked picked up Rory McIlroy, and that was the last EA golf game. It come out um, like 2014 or something, something like that. Yeah, they've got a new one coming out, but it's uh, yeah, EA's finally got the license back, so they're doing a new one next year. And I probably probably will pick that up for PC more so. Those games for me were always about the, uh, especially the, the early, uh, 2010s were more about just being able to turn my brain off and look at the pretty environments. 
Um, plus, before I had kids, golf was one of those hobbies I did enjoy. Um, so, you know, that was, that was always kind of a thing for me. Um, aside from that, um, oh, before I forget, we also, I finally got an Xbox One X. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my wife got it on the super cheap. Found, found one on super cheap. It's the white model with the one terabyte hard drive. Would she find it on like Facebook Marketplace or something? No. She found it in one of her stores that she frequents. <laughs> Always finding deals. Always finding deals. But she's been on the hunt for a while for another, uh, uh, for, for another Xbox One or, or one S, you know, those being relatively cheap now with the series X and series S out for, for better part of a year. Does your Um, game pass subscription move over to that? Huh? Does, did you load up your game pass subscription on it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty much universal though. I will say going from the one S to the one X, a lot more of those Game Pass uh, titles show 4K or show HDR than on the One S. Um, yeah, I still have the, uh, so the old school X- cool. Xbox uh, One. I don't have an X. I thought you did, because you were showing me 4K HDR on Gears. On my PC. Oh, that was your PC? I thought... Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah, I don't have... I don't really? have... I still have the old Xbox. I never got another one because my PC could get most of the games that were on it. Oh, okay. I thought you had. I don't know why I thought I you mean, had. I mean, technically, I could probably get one, but I just don't see a reason to. Well, I don't have a Series X either. Uh, I'm not going out and chilling out 600 bucks for a console when I've got a PC that'll pretty much do everything. Might be getting these confused. Is this just the one that has no disk drive? No, this is the, this is the one you have, the One X, the eight, the 4K version of the Xbox One. Oh, I thought you were talking about the new Xbox. No, no. No, I don't have a Series X. I have a One X. Yeah, that's the problem with the naming convention they have now. I still get it confused, and it's been like, what, two years now that it's been out? Yeah. I just, again, I haven't, like, I've took me a year to get a PS5, and I got it, and I've played things on it, right? Like, I've played Demon's Souls on it a lot. Um, and then I haven't really played much. I played a little bit of Bloodborne on it for a while, and I really haven't played it much. I've been too deep in PC gaming. Right. The, I guess, going into what I've been up to, um, there is something kind of gaming related, and by the time Rusty listens to this, it'll probably be done. But, um, so I got a buddy of mine that does a lot of art. Um, if you're looking for him, it's called Daddy Source. You can find him on Instagram and I think probably, yeah, I think it's Instagram where he puts all this stuff. Anyways, he does a lot. He's a full-time artist. Um, he used to work with me a long time ago. 
And he was like, hey, I'm going to go to a concert. Does anybody want to get me, buy any art? <laughs> and I was thinking about it, and I was like, Rusty just left. What could I do to fund my buddy's music habit and get me something in return? So I did a little bit of thinking. And uh, we took a picture. We did a So last week, we did a small little get-together for Rusty. Uh, made some uh, pulled pork, and we drank a little bit. Had some really expensive whiskey. Casey spent no. way too much on that whiskey. Uh, I, I started to say, you drank a little bit. Rusty, Casey, and I pretty much killed that damn bottle. Well, I drank, I think I drank about eight beers. I was, ah, yeah. was guzzling them down, and then I had some whiskey. But you guys drank a little bit more than me, but the uh, it's not actually normal for us. We took a little picture no. while, we were, while we were a little bit toasty, and it was a pretty goofy-ass picture. And I took that picture, and I told my artist buddy, I was like, hey, so I have this idea for a concept. Um, here's the concept. I showed him uh, Deep Rock Galactic. I was like, can we, uh, can we dwarves this picture? So we talked for about an hour and brainstormed a bit. And uh, Jason, you will be the engineer. Um, nice. Rusty will be the driller uh, with no beard. Uh, or no, not the driller, the gunner, with because he has no beard. And then I will be either the scout or the driller. I think scout's what we ended up on. I was like, well, you know, I've got a red-ish beard. But I was like, I'm looking for some art where you can clearly define what our faces are, and then it can be one of these promos for Deep Rock Galactic. And then we'll put the Tiltcast logo in the background instead of Deep Rock Galactic. Um... So he's working on that for me. I spent a pretty decent amount. I won't say on here how much I spent, but let's just say that he was able to buy a full array of band merch for him and his wife. Nice. Um, and and pay for gas to and from Oklahoma City. So <laughs> he's like, it was a $30 trip just to him back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, nice. um, yeah, spent, I gave him, I paid him well. Um, so he could do that. So as he gets inspiration, he's going to sketch it up for me and then send me some concepts. And then once I approve the concepts, uh, all three of us will have a print of this, an 11 by 11 by 15 print of it. Um, nice. And he's going to try to uh, kind of render it in the same style as well. So we'll have something. Uh, a little something something at some point I will put on the official Facebook of all of us in uh, some DRG attire looking stupid as hell. Uh, nice. For the fun of it. But uh, yeah, so that was the most interesting and unique thing I did this week. Um, I tried been trying all these different type C adapter uh, USB dongle things for my tablet to kind of turn it into a uh, Basically, like a little mini laptop for, uh, um, it's going to say Steam sharing, uh, Steam. Yeah. Uh, and the problem with the one I have right now is it drains the battery a little bit slower or drains the battery while I use it, even while it's plugged in. Yeah. And it's you, because you've there's this. Really got to, for a tablet, you've really got to have a powered dongle. Well, so the thing that I figured out, and if anybody listening can ever figure this out for me, I have a cheapo tablet. I have a Samsung Galaxy S6 Lite that I got for free from work. 
right? Because I wasn't using it for anything other than goofing the fuck off. And I bought a dongle, but it has to be powered for it to even do anything, which kind of sucks. But it'll keep my tablet charged. But my tablet, when it's unplugged from a power source, reverse charges. And I can't have it doing that because I can't have it blow up my uh, thumb drives. And it's a problem with that particular tablet that has not been fixed unless there is some kind of jailbreak method to fix it. So when it reverse charges, it with some of those uh, adapters, it doesn't work at all unless it's actually plugged into a power source. So I've got a you know power source running into the dongle and then into the tablet, and then it'll work. But if I unplug that power source, it doesn't. And that's been a problem I've been trying to get around for a while. Um, because it's I like to play Steam Link with a mouse and keyboard um, or a controller. Controller works fine. Never have any issues with that because you can Bluetooth it. But the mouse, little mini mouse and keyboard I have, um, for some reason, just don't like using any dongle with this tablet unless it's powered. So I spent the better part of like last night dicking with that, trying to figure it out. Because I was wanting to watch Stranger Things on the TV and play a turn-based game at the same time. And play it on my tablet, but I have to sit really freaking close to see it on my monitor that's up there. Which could solve that problem, too, by just buying another TV and mounting it on the wall. Which I thought about just getting another TV and saying, fuck you, monitor. We're having another TV on the wall um, that's uh, of about equal size. So I may go double TVs at some point because I'm a single man and I can do those things. Nice. Season four, Stranger Things, though, pretty fucking epic, man. Oh, man, it is such an homage to 80s horror. It's so good. I'm not going to even say I anything about what not what it is. started watching it yet. So good. It's, uh, it's definitely, it's so far a lot more creepy than it has been before. Definitely not something to watch for the kids. This is something for you and the partner to watch. Um, oh, the thirteen-year-old's already been watching it, and she keeps telling me that she's mad that I'm not. Oh, she's watching yet. season four. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I'm kind of mad at her. Yeah, I've she been. Didn't wait. She didn't wait for me. I but got, I got. I did. The, I did this week start the boys. Oh yeah, that's out right now too, huh? Yeah, I watched the first three episodes. Let me tell you, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to say anything specific. But episode one, they finally topped that that scene from the third episode in season one where uh, Invisible Boy goes. Fair enough. It it's doesn't yeah. they have uh, and the way they do it. The way they do it. Just prepare yourself. And they have Jensen Ackles in this season too, right? He's been teased so far through three episodes of not seen him yet. They have talked about his character. Oh, are they time releasing it? He's not been shown yet. Are they time releasing it so you can't binge it yet? Well, yeah, that's what Prime does. You can see I don't stream that often. So, yeah, I, uh, so I work for a service that streams, and I have 100% free privileges to do so. 
Um, but I, here's a crazy thing. I consume so little media that I test movies and things like that to make sure that it works, but I don't actually watch anything, which is sad. I've got stuff in my DVR that's three years old that I haven't touched yet. Um, I have, I have stuff. I probably have 3000 hours worth of shit that I could watch. Now I've got more than that because I have, I'm that weird person that has literally access to all of these services that never watches any of them because it's part of my job. I, I test them, which is so weird. And I, I know it sounds like super privileged. It's not, it's just, I am around it so often. I just don't care. <laughs> um, nice. I just play video games because that's a hundred percent escapism from my job, right? My job is digital entertainment media. I just don't want to have anything to do with it. If I don't know if a, if a, if what you did was fun, Jason, like I'm sure that you wouldn't mess with it that much at your house. Uh, yeah, no. But yeah, the uh, I need to watch that at some point. I need to just I've been trying to think of something to do. So like, it's been raining a lot, so I've been hanging with my dog a lot because she's getting bored. So we play after work. We play when I take a break. Um, and she wants to like, she's a cuddle monster. Like she just wants to hang out with you all the time. So I feel bad when I set her somewhere, even like right now, she's sitting across from me, like depressed and hiding her face. Um, because normally when I go and do something, I'll sit on the couch and if I sit on the couch and she can snuggle up and get butt scratches while she's, uh, while she's hanging out with me. So like, you know. I don't know. Maybe I'll start <laughs> catching up on something watching like I've been doing this week, watching something one episode a night um, and then goofing off. But, yeah, nice. I've really been thinking about like maybe I'll just do two TVs. Right. And then that way I have access to actually watch something while I play something, because there's some things that I like, like comedy and stuff like that. Go listen to comedy podcasts and stuff like that while I game. Which is another reason why sometimes stuff that's like really chocked full of story, unless it's like AAA story, I kind of get annoyed by. Which is why I'm kind of a unique gamer and liking turn-based stuff with minimal story or stuff that's focused purely on gameplay. Because I mix what I'm doing a lot. It's podcasts, comedy, whatever, music, um, while I game. Which is something like when I played uh, MMOs, right? Like, you get so beyond the story that you just phase out and do something grindy. And would be listening to music. And at that time, there were no podcasts. It would be sitting in some kind of uh, vent, ventrilo channel um, talking yep. with people while I was gaming. And that was my, yep. that was my jam. But uh, now these days, um, I got Discord, which jump in occasionally when I can find other lonely adults like myself to jump in a Discord channel. Um and then uh, play video games while I do so. But speaking of video games, all right, so you played a little bit of golf. Um, did you dabble in anything uh, else? No, because I really only got a outside of uh, uh, helping Rusty and then, uh, you know, just taking care of stuff of stuff around the house because you know it's beginning of summer so kids are home um i really didn't really didn't do much else other than you know watching the boat 
watching the boys and um it been Star Wars shill that I am been staying on top of Kenobi as episodes release every Wednesday. Like who the fuck picks Wednesday to push an episode out? I don't know. You'd almost think they could just wait so they could release it on like a Friday or something. Granted, you probably almost guarantee that people are watching it the day it drops because nothing good is ever on TV on on Wednesday nights, typically. Maybe that's what it is. So they know the so, people will fit it into their rotation if it's on a night that nothing else is happening. Right. So we're just going to fit it in. Like, here you go. Um. I mean, probably kind of smart, just, you know, annoying because usually stuff, stuff I catch up on is usually, you know, on the, on the weekend as I'm gaming or, uh, you know, or we're, uh, running around doing errands and shit, you know, I'm playing that shit on my phone while Crystal shops or whatever. Well, I have a couple of games to talk about. I finished a game. Uh, so got an official review for hard space shipbreaker so i'll kind of recap what that is um it's a six points of freedom flight oh. simulator in space what's up uh that remind just remember come back to me that reminds me i do have another one since last time they recorded but okay go ahead. Yeah, so hard space shipbreaker is on game pass and also on steam i've had it on early access for two years but it's been on my backlog and I've been waiting for it to come out essentially. So, weird thing about me, I go through every day and see if any of my early access titles release because I put them in a subcategory like once I've I'll talk about another game I'm doing this with right now too. Um but so I put it in a subcategory on my Steam folder of things to play later, right? Because it's an early access and I got the gist. And when you first played it a couple years ago, you disassembled some chips and you were trying to get yourself out of debt. Um, and that's really all there was to it. And there was not a whole lot of other else to it. It was really gratifying and fun, but just not a lot driving it. Well, it does go off the rails quite a bit. So you're essentially a, you're an indentured servant to a corporation. And so uh, it's called the Lynx Corporation. And what you're doing is you have signed a contract to be a ship salvager. And when it's all said and done, you're $2 billion in debt. And the goal is to work off that debt, but your tools cost money, your your very your lives cost money, so they, they kill you and then clone you and then charge you a spare-keeping fee or something to that nature. Um, so every time you're recloned when you die in space, um, you spend like $110,000, it recreates your clone, reprints it. You have to put your thumbprint down to say that you won't die again this way. And then you spit back out into the mission. So, it uh, kind of an interesting way they justify extra lives. So, anyways, um, you go and you start disassembling a ship. And you don't have to be super fast. Basically, when you start, I figured out I have to make more than $550,000 on a run to break even. 
And typically, even on a bad run, I make a couple million. So I'm always over by a little bit. Um, but if you salvage so much from each wreck, you meet goals which give you points, which give you ways to upgrade your suit, and then unlock more uh, tougher ships along the way. Um, the way you disassemble the ships is you're flying, like I said, six points of freedom in, a, in your spacesuit. With you got a backpack with jets, right? But you're not Boba the Fett. Um, and you go floating around, and it does a really good job with the physics of that. Um, using basically like a laser cutter that also has a beam that splits and cuts larger chunks um, so you can disassemble panels a little bit easier. And then you've got a grapple gun, so to speak, that you can grab stuff and pull towards you and pull off and unmount things. Um, then you have these things called tethers where you attach one end, one point to the piece of salvage and the other point to the place where it's supposed to go. You have three different places to put things. You have your processor, which is what you put like high high value composite materials in. You have your furnace, which is destroyed items and straight steel and aluminum and stuff like that. And your barge, which is for more complex things like electronics and chairs and cargo and things like that. So basically you go through ripping these ships apart. And that really simple idea... Um, turns into a lot of uh, fun if you're a little bit OCD because you come up with new ways of doing things quicker and more efficiently. You have to avoid hazards like pulling out a reactor but forgetting to move the coolant. There's a few different times that I've done that and exploded myself um, doing so. So there's a, it's a, high, there's a fairly high level of skill that's involved, but they prepare all the story forward, which is something they added. Um, with a series of, basically, it's it's on rails, but it's basically describing kind of what's going on in the world and what, what your relation is to the company. And, like, it's not too spoilery because it happens within, like, your first hour, but you join a union. And so there's a whole thing about the corporation versus the union that's happening. And then there's some pretty wild objectives that happen later because of that. Um, eventually you beat it, right? Um, you can do a couple of things like you, I eventually got out of debt. Um, I got to where I was salvaging about 30 million a run. Um, sometimes even more, but usually about, I could average 30 million a run, which meant that I could do some of these ships in one run. Um, because I got really quick at doing it and my tools got better, right? I could fly faster, could grab heavier things. I could have more tethers. I didn't have to go back for air or fuel, etc. And I got really good about recognizing a type of layout and then knowing about how to approach it. But, yeah, there's a lot of different hazards. Like, explosive decompression is definitely one. Um, say, I, uh, and sometimes I do this on purpose. So there's a couple of different ship types that have a very difficult hole to disassemble to get to the cabin so you can pull all the shit out and throw it in the barge. Well, it has a really small peephole where the cockpit is. Um, you can cut that window with your laser and it'll just blow a bunch of glass out into space. And it'll blow a few things out into space, but it's so narrow that it doesn't do much. That explosive decompression loosens all the articles in that chamber and loosens that top piece. And so now I can pull it apart in two chunks and then eventually, and then basically just flip the fucker over, cut open the top, and then just start yanking stuff into the barge. Um... Again, like these like little things that you learn through mistakes kind of like play to your advantage. You realize at a certain point, pulling off all the little bitty lights on a 
barge is probably the most ineffective way of making money since you're getting like 500 bucks a pop versus just pulling an entire section of the ship that has a bunch of lights on it and just throwing it in the furnace and getting like 2 million right off the bat. Um, when you've stripped it down to the frame and lights and you have nothing else but frame and lights, it makes more sense to just throw the whole fucker in the furnace. But you can do it in about a minute. You just cut the section in two sections and you learn how to spin things in zero G, like even huge ship structures, and uh, you get pretty effective at it. And then like, you start to feel like a badass after a while when you've done this. I put 60 hours in that damn game. Um, yeah. Inside of about two weeks. And literally played this job simulator like a second job. Uh, because the missions are only 15 minutes long, which is really easy to fit in on a lunch break or while I'm cooking dinner or while I've just come in from mowing the lawn and I want to wait 15 minutes before I jump onto the front lawn. Like that little part of it makes the time management and the way to fit it into modern man's busy schedule very appealing. Um, you can also pause at any time. Now, you can't recall a game at any time. You can abandon the ship shift, which means you got to start it all the way over. Let's say something comes up and you're not going to be able to get back to it for an hour. Like you can do that, but um, there is also a way to play it in free mode, free time mode, so there's no timer. So you could just disassemble nice. the ship as long as you want. I like the extra little bit of challenge of the timer that made me a lot more efficient. So I like that part of it. But even with all the different layouts they have with ships, they put different things in different compartments of the ship. So it could be your reactors in the front or it's in the back. It could be that the coolant's in the front or it's in the back, the fuel's in the front of the back, the shutoff valve for the fuel's in a different spot. It's like different times where you have this huge engine, like a rocket engine, right? You have to cut off the thruster nozzle, pull it out, and pull out the engine, but pulling out the engine means it's connected to fuel pipes, which will catch fire because the only way to shut off the fuel is way beyond those pipes, which means that you pull out the engine before it catches fire, toss it on the barge, and then launch yourself through a hull of fire of stuff that's on fire to go hit the sh fuel shutoff valve, and then you got to remember to hold onto the side as it explosively decompresses um, so you don't crush yourself. And I die about 50% of the time that I do that. Um, but it is pretty fun and exhilarating and et cetera. So I don't know. It's a, there's literally nothing else like this game. Um, it right. solid four and a half Man, it's a solid four and a half. It's a great game. I, again, nothing else like it. It's not, it doesn't wear out. It's welcome. Like by the time I was about ready to finish, I realized I was about ready to be done with the game. Um, and if you're a masochist and you want to play this forever and manually get out of debt without all the little bonuses and stuff that I was getting, um, there is a free play mode. There's also a scrappers race where you can race other people to take apart different ships within a time limit and see who can get the most salvage out of it, which encourages very reckless behavior. Yeah, I can imagine. So, but, I mean, that's what they want you to do to, you know, add more challenge. The nice thing is that it doesn't force you to play that way. Like, if you realize that you kind of suck at this new brand of ship that you're not used to, you could just spend as many ships as you want taking it apart and then figuring it out because you're usually going to come come away with more than you spent um, in the run. And at a certain point, like, I ended up buying all my tools 
um, with my points. So I no longer had the rental fees. So like when it was all said and done, I think instead of it being five fifty a run, it was three hundred thousand a run. Even with all my different reloads, like even got explosive charges that I could use to cut larger pieces of the ship, right? Which costs like yeah. fifty thousand for a reload of those. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I get to a point where I'd set all my charges, like literally lay out ten charges all across the ship. And then sit back and then let it cut everything into sections and then go through and then just start wrangling shit. Um, but, you know, there's drawbacks to that, too, because if I set a charge too close to a fuel tank, then it's going to blow the ship to fucking smithereens. Um, but, yeah, the uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker is a good game. Um, good Zen game. Great soundtrack. It's got a very Firefly vibe to it. Um, pretty decent voice acting that you didn't know that you needed in that game. Um, fairly decent graphics. Not the best, definitely not the worst. Just 100% satisfying. Very few... Didn't really run into any kind of real bugs. A little bit of frame jitters in the the, sh the habitat, your hab, that is basically the menu in between missions. But other than that, like, nothing. Nice. Um, what did you have that that reminded you of? So, um, I played a not this last week, but the but the week prior while we were uh, before everything started with Rusty. I played a shit ton of Vampire Survivors. Oh yeah, Vania Hell. <laughs> How, uh, Vania hell. How many, uh, well, this is a hard question to ask. How many unlocks do you have? Oh, shit. Um, well, about how much did you play? Of I it? know. Uh, I put, I put a good, uh, eight to ten hours in it. Oh, that's, um, a, that's at least 20 runs. The runs are 30 minutes long unless you play on Hyper, which I think those are 15 minutes. Yeah. I know I got, um, let me see here, 37 of the 93 unlocks. I'm logged into it looking oh, at it. I guess you're um, not doing too bad. A good half of the power-ups. Do you have a... I've got 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 characters unlocked. What's your favorite combo so far? For for weapons? Yeah, for your weapons. Uh, so I like starting with Genario, so he starts with the throwing knives, right? Um, add to that the... And he gets a plus one to all the weapons, right? Permanent projectile. Right. Um... So it also so makes like him getting, good for whips too. So, so I really love my best runs come when I have when I can get the whip, the Bible, um, the garlic, and the uh, the uh, the magic missile wand. It's not a bad combo. Do you know, like, you get that combo and you pretty much right, in, right until the end where it hits you with everything before Dracula comes out. 
pretty much you just walk through masses of enemies that way. You know, so there's something different I would add to that. So the after a certain point, garlic doesn't become that effective. The Bible becomes a lot more effective when you got the evolution on the Bible where it spins around you. So the Bible yeah. and whips are like a standard combo that I like because the whips reach past the Bible. And when you evolve the whips, they give you health back. Um, the other thing you can get, though, I suggest getting one of the two combo weapons. So the two guns, when you combo those together, turn into a wall of light around you that blinks and just obliterates fucking everything. And it's I've not even seen the guns yet. You'll unlock them. And then, oh, okay. and then the birds. So there's two birds. I can't remember what they're called. They really suck until they're maxed out. So two birds that spin around you shooting little projectiles that do jack shit. But when you get them both to level eight, you can combo them together to create this rainbow bird. And I guess this is very appropriate since it's Pride Month, right? So the rainbow bird um, spews rainbow vomit all around you and fucking destroys everything. And the Rainbow Bird, I can't remember what he's called. I just call him the Rainbow Bird. Um, is super powerful because not only do you unlock the Rainbow Bird, the Rainbow Bird has another eight levels you can unlock that reduce the cooldown and increase the damage. So when you get the combine the birds again, you got to get them both to level eight, then kill a an elite and get the chest. They create an incredibly powerful combo weapon that just shoots in all directions, and that is one of the winning strategies is to go for that. Um, gotcha. So if you can get so that, basically, I gotta get the bird, the bird, and actually evolve it, so I get the rainbow bird. Got it. Yeah, it's the gray bird and the white bird. Um, so you get both of them together, and you level them up. But then you gotta have some good supporting weapons while you're leveling them up. So that's why I say whip. Like the guy you're using, because he gets the X projectile, can do a whip on both sides as soon as he gets the whip, which makes it pretty effective. And instead of doing the wand, I do the axes because the axes give you candelabra, which gives you bigger area of effect, which also makes the whip larger. And it makes everything else larger because that's what you got to get to evolve everything else. So you get that, leave it at level one. And the strategy I use is once I figured out what weapons I want to use, I only grab level one evolution of oh. the supporting item. And then I level up. I focus on leveling up whatever weapon has the highest level when I get the drops. That's that's why I was missing from the combo. So add to that the uh, uh, not the Santa water, but the evolved version, the Labora. It basically ends up adding another ring out at your very edges. That shit just dies walking through. You can. That's one strategy I've used too. So on the early levels when you're leveling up the holy water like standing in the holy water and letting things come to you um, because it'll fire and then sit and then depending on the level type you can use that and just kind of sit and let that shit do its magic literally um, I've comboed that with the cross and then there's an evolution for the weird uh, trapezoid thing that shoots and goes in straight lines that bounce off edges so if you're in a level that has a lot of narrow areas, it'll bounce off edges and kill lots of enemies. Um, and it goes a very long ways. Um, the evolved version of that is actually pretty decent too. Um, but you're going to get additional weapons. That's the thing you're not realizing yet, is there's even more things to unlock. 
Like I've got this thing that I use that explodes. That's a bouncing ball that explodes all over and it explodes off of enemies and then destroys groups. I don't know if it has an evolution because I haven't found the evolution for it, but um, it's like this weird looking panda bear looking dude. Um, but anywho, anywho, that game's weird as hell. But it's one of those like early it, access games that it's run based and is 100% playable right now and good. Like it's like the best $3 investment I've ever played. And then it's also on Game Pass right now. Yeah. And I mean, if even with being early access, if that game ends up releasing with very little change, I'm okay with that. Like, they're adding this levels. Game's pretty damn good without it. Um, that's the other thing. I'm on like stage four. I've unlocked four stages. It scratches an itch, I think, with a different generation. Um, but I think it crosses over. It's, it's just, again, no story whatsoever. I don't even know what your vampire surviving, right? It's just a slew of fucking enemies on the screen. And you just move the character with your mouse, with your arrow keys, with your controller. You don't have any buttons but the movement and the direction you're facing. Yeah. And so, like, with the knife I, character, he's really strong versus elites because you can because you have the knives and you evolve the knives they get to where there's no delay and it just shoots a steady stream of throwing knives in front of you and it will destroy elites um but it is only directional that's the only thing i don't like about the knives that that was the other thing is i saw my leveling increase uh um once i uh once i unlocked the second stage the library stage I found it a whole lot easier to level up in there. I think it's because you have more enemies hitting you in a more condensed area. That's but. correct. And it's one long hallway that goes left and right. So there's a lot of like choke points that you can set up. So like if you had, when we're talking about the holy water, holy water is really good in those like choke points because you can literally get behind a very narrow area and essentially it only cast the holy water at the entrances and so everything just freaking melts before it hits you um yeah when you get to stage three i think that's the first one that has a coffin and if you unlock the coffin you unlock a new character the coffin actually actually the library is oh they have a coffin in the library now yeah if you uh so when the stage loads if you go go straight to the straight to the right and just keep going you'll run into it. I probably haven't unlocked that coffin. They they really do add stuff to this almost weekly. And this game continues to do gangbusters. I think there's like 100,000 reviews on Steam, um, which is crazy. Um, there's a lot of people playing Vampire Survivors just because it's just like, A, it's super inexpensive. It's less than the cost of a gallon of gas. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's funny to say. This is a video game. You can buy a video game for less than the cost of a gallon of gas. Less than it costs to fill up your, your lawnmower, you can get Vampire Survivors. But it is infinitely more fun than mowing your lawn. Um, unless you're weird like me. I kind of like mowing the lawn. But I don't like mowing the lawn as much as I like playing Vampire Survivors. Um, but yeah, the uh, I'm glad you're playing that. That game's, again, being run-based, you have unlocks to make your characters more powerful and unlock new characters and unlock new weapons, etc. 
and unlock new stages. Like that game's just it's just gold. It's got to go somewhere on some kind of game of the year list this year because it's just there's nothing that good that cheap. Nothing. There's not any free games that cheap that are that good. Yeah, no. No, not at all. Uh, brings me to something else, though. Um, I started playing some more King Arthur's Knight's Tale, and I'm all the way into almost to Act 2. I started my run over. Did some things a little bit differently, which is making the game a lot better. Um, this is one of those games that is a trial and error thing, and I'm really stubborn, so I've only been playing it on hard, which I think is an appropriate challenge, um, because I do need a character. I've had a couple of characters die, which is not a bad thing. Um, your roster only holds 12 people and there's 33 recruitable characters, um, that you can recruit. You've got like a whole morality chart, right? So you can go, there's, there's either good or chaotic, basically good or good or bad, or, uh, I think they call it merciful or tyrant. I can't remember. Rightful or tyrant, or there's old faith or Christian. And so I'm going as a good old faith dude, which means I'm following the old Druid ways in the uh, King Arthur land. I'm doing that very specifically because Merlin is recruitable as Old Faith, and I really like the character and the mythos of Merlin. So I really wanted to have Merlin. Merlin's not a Christian. I'm gonna have to get have to rebel a little bit and uh, get my Merlin on with the Old Faith. Um, also leads to some really weird, questionable choices with uh, some human sacrifice stuff, which is kind of odd. Um, I'm just playing it that way. Um, but anyways, the the thing about that game is it just tactically, it's one of the more solid tactical games that I've played in a very long time. Um, facing is very important. Party composition is pretty important, but not 100% necessary. You always have to have a beefy character. I have tried playing this with like all archers or all mages or all rogues or rogues and then like beefy DPS. And that doesn't seem to work. Like, you always have to have a tank, and you always have to have a ranged, and then the two characters in between can be whatever you want. Um, but having your main character, Mordred, is a tank, but he's got a lightning spell, which makes him kind of a ranged tank. Um, but he's beefy as hell, and he does quite a good job. But you get a character named Sir Policulus, I believe, which is a tank that always has to be healed up full before he goes on a mission. Um, but he is a good backup tank that I have for Sir Mordred so that if he gets injured or needs to heal up, he can skip a mission and I can put Sir Policulus, sub him in because he is just fucking solid. Um, he is very beefy. He is in fact way beefier than my main tank. He just doesn't do any damage whatsoever. He's just really good at drawing attention and having people try to beat him up. Um, and that's all there is to it. But uh, I mean, sometimes that's all you need. It's all you need if you have a good build behind you. But I do like all the different build options. So, like, they have these character class called a champion. And a champion is basically a a knight with a two-handed weapon, like an axe or a sword or something like that. One thing I wish they would do with this game is, like, add more character customization. But they are sticking to the lore and they have a very specific feel and look for the characters they want to go for. So no matter how you kick your character out, um, they always look 100% the same every single time. But what they do is you're adding runes to your weapons and runes to your armor. 
and those change the effects of the armor and the stats and everything else. So, like, a knock-a point for the visual design because of that. Um, recently, they added vibrance to the game, so meaning you have a vibrance slider, so if the game is too gray, you can colorize it up. In fact, I was using a mod for it for a little bit uh, because of that, um, but they've built it into the menu screen to add vibrance to it if you wish to do so, so for yourself. Also, a lot of weird options from an indie developer, like changing your stereo setup up. You have like treble and bass options, essentially, like equalizer presets you can set for your game, which is a weird option. The audio is super high quality. Like the Foley work in this game is great. Now, this is a really weird thing to focus on, but just noticing it, the Foley work in this game is excellent. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, there is very high definition, like, and you can choose like the uh, the sound palette essentially for it. So that's another extra I didn't know I needed. That's in that game. That's cool. The game looks like it came out like five or six years ago. It's not a particularly high intensity graphics game. It's just it's I don't know. It's a it's a really fucking big game. It's like a hundred and five gigs. Um, but it's a very long game. Damn. Um, again, I think there's four acts and the first act takes you about 25 hours. Um, which is why I'm still in the first act. I made it into act two, but I'd made so many fucking mistakes in the last run that I decided to start over and I'm, I'm glad I did. Um, the things you should focus on in this game to make the run good is to focus on what direction you want to go on your morality chart, right? So look at the unlocks that it gives and see if those are things that you want and then choose that path. And then the choices will often outline, sometimes will outline what morality those choices are going to affect and sometimes they won't, but sometimes it just makes sense. So like I offered a sacrifice to a serpent god and I felt like that was pretty pagan and not tyrant. Um, it was a blood sacrifice from one of my characters, but it didn't kill him. And I was like, okay, I think this is probably kind of old godish. I did it, and I got some morality points for Old Faith um, by doing that. Essentially stole this serpent god's power from a race of people called the Picts um, that are like cursed old ones uh, that were in this area that wear a lot of weird deer headdress shit. And uh, because I stole the power back, that actually gave me additional morality points for my Old Faith. And then I've just been making... Nice decisions, essentially, like positive decisions, and that's given me a rightful, lawful, good morality choice. And so it's kind of put me in that direction with my choices, um, which gives me all sorts of different unlocks. But the it feels like, mechanically, again, so like going back to what I was talking about, I know I'm harping on this, but I really want to kind of dig in and explain why this game's good. It's... yeah. I'm playing a lot of Chaos Gate, which is a decent game, but it's not as good as this game. And this doesn't have a random variety when it comes to the missions. All the mission maps are fully made. There's just a shitload of them um, with certain objectives in each one of these missions. And so that part is actually a positive. There's probably a couple hundred missions that you can go on, and they all take like 30 minutes to an hour. So... Maybe there's not that many, but it, it just feels like I'm never running into any kind of repetition on anything. Like, there's just so much variety there. And then the way that you move in Chaos Gate, which this game's on hold for the moment, is that you move every character individually, whereas this, when you're not in combat, 
the whole party just moves with you. You set a formation, so if you get ambushed and you have to start the, the fight without being able to adjust your position, then you're in that formation that it just it is what it is. Um, Chaos Gate Warhammer is more tactical in that sense, that you can really squeeze out your last AP to get where you want to be. But it also makes those missions yeah. that shouldn't take as long last a lot longer than they need to. Whereas this, even though these missions are long, you're literally zooming your whole party around, moving them Diablo style, the whole party, around the map, exploring the map, trying to figure out either story beats, which there's a lot of story, and the story is actually pretty decent in this, and fully voice acted, um, or setting up and seeing where the next ambush is or the next party you're going to encounter is for, for uh, an attack. It's got the environmental factors of different things that you can explode or mix with your weapons to help enhance your attack. Lots of good choke points on the battle to kind of set yourself up in a good position for a fight. Um, it's just good. Like, everything about this is just well laid out. And then different character builds for the same type of class. So Champion's the big two-handed wielding knight. Got one knight, Sir Balin, who's got an ability that gives him a fucking shitload of armor about once every three turns. And I can use him to off tank. And he fucking sits and absorbs like a Mac fucking truck um, at the beginning of the fights with that ability. And then on in turn, he also hits like a truck. So, like, he can just take it and then punish really hard after getting the shit beat out of him for a second. Whereas I've got another guy, Sir K, which does a lot of, I've got him built for bleed. He does a lot of damage if I can keep him from getting the shit beat out of him. But once he starts attracting attention, he goes down fast. Which is why I like Sir Balin a little bit better, because he's a better off tank. Um, but, like, there's just all sorts of little ways to rebuild your, and tune your characters differently so you can have, set them up for different types of effects and specialties. And that's where the game really shines. Like, I might have three different archers. They have slightly different builds and abilities. I've got an archer that can wear medium armor, which none of my other archers can. Um, but he doesn't have a lot of special uh, magic arrow kind of shit where I've got an archer that can do poison shot that lasts a whole bunch of extra turns, which makes those enemies more vulnerable, which makes them hit for a whole lot less. And so she's basically like a disabler slash sniper because she also have an executioner trait or something's like below 40% HP. I basically one shot him. So she picks off all the light enemies and she disables the really heavy enemies. So they don't hit as hard with my, with my party. So oh, nice. There's just a lot of options there, and there's a lot of fine tuning you can do. Um, and in between the missions, the guys that can't go out, you can throw them in training, or you throw your guys that are injured in the hospice to heal or the cathedral to heal their injuries. And so there's a lot of little min max things that you can do um, in between the missions, and then a whole lot of uh, I don't know. It's just a very tactical game, and it's a very well made game. Um. Almost not as good as Phoenix Point eventually ended up being. Phoenix Point's excellent now. But it's a turn-based game in a different setting, and I I enjoy it almost as much as I enjoy Phoenix Point. So, I don't know, four or six. It's the most solid nice. it's the most solid tactical game out this year, um, right now, in my opinion. I've got a lot of tactical games. Um I've got other things on the horizon that I'm going to be playing in the meantime because I feel like I'm going to be playing King Arthur for a long time. I may adjust the rating when I finally finish it. This is a very long game, 
but I like it so much that I fucked up my run and I couldn't decide if I was going to start over or not. And then I got over that hump and just started over because I did like the gameplay and then made way less mistakes going through the early part of the game. So I have a solid party set up and I'm rotating people in to get the XP that they need. So I have a well-leveled party and I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. Um, so I don't really want to stop playing it, but I do want to talk about something different next week. So I loaded up Chorus, which is on Game Pass, um, which is a uh, third-person shooter, basically in a little spaceship. Plays a lot like Everspace, um, control scheme-wise. Um, yeah. It's basically a shooter, but you have a spaceship on the screen. Um, and then okay. I've got... Uh, is it Luminous? It's a weird tower defense game I picked up, I which I've just barely started. I just got through the tutorial the other day. I've got um, Dwerve. I guess I can talk a little bit about Dwerve. Yeah. Dwerve's not as good as I thought it would be. I can tell you why. Um, it doesn't... It wants to be a... Uh, it's trying to do too many things at once. So, Dwarf looks great. And sometimes is very satisfying to play. But you have a loadout of four traps at a time. You have to stand still for your guy to do any damage. He's got a little boomerang that he does damage with. Which doesn't do a lot. And then you got your traps. But it wants you to destroy and rebuild your traps over and over and over again. It's supposed to be like kind of like tower defense. Yeah. And I need to... The problem is I really have to understand it a little bit better to get better at it. And I'm hitting a little bit of a wall with that because I feel like I suck too much with that game. And it's because I'm not understanding how to quickly... Basically get into a scenario where you're like, okay, my current trap loadout isn't doing it. How do I fix this? Well, I can't fix it because I can't reload that last point because it only has one save slot for that campaign that you're playing. So you... Die over and over and over and over again until you fill up, figure out the perfect trap setup to kill these like super unkillable dudes. Um, and so you, it's best to play this with controller one hundred percent. Basically, your face buttons are the different traps that you drop. You click a trigger to dash, which has a cooldown, or use a hammer, and then you click another trigger to disassemble the trap and get your energy back so you can replace it. But you need to be close to the trap for that energy to get to you quick so you can replace it to a different spot. So it's kind of like looking at the lay of something and then figuring out how you want to approach it. But sometimes you're just surprised and you just have to do. And then I don't feel like I am understand the synergies between the traps well enough yet to do something other than basically the the shotgun trap and the blades trap over and over and over again, which is what I end up doing which doesn't feel like it's even really synergizing as much as it is pushing things back while I just try to figure out and maniacally try to find something that works. I, I wish there was more of a planning stage to that game as to what I'm doing. Um, and there's just not. And I'm just not under... The strategy's not apparent enough for me, and that's the part that kind of sucks. So right. if I had to rate it today, it would be a recommend on sale. Um. So it's just, um, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. I don't know. Maybe 
the where it sits right now, three and a half. So if you're going to Metacritic that, it's like maybe a seventy. Yeah, it's there's some good bones there. It's just it's just not a hundred percent there, and I don't. I'm not mad. I only spent fifteen dollars. Um, so this is not like sixty dollar mad. But it's uh, it's uh, yeah, dwarf was. It's not interesting enough for me to consider playing until I've played other things that are cooler. So it's going to sit on the back burner for a little while. And I've played enough to tell you that... Wait for a sale. Gotcha. Um, well, that's slightly disappointing, but not necessarily surprising either. I mean, it seems like we we've reached a point where... Where a lot of uh, developers and studios are trying to uh, are starting to try to reinvent again, but you know, sometimes in doing that, you kind of you kind of lose sight of uh, uh, what co- what good core gameplay is or core mechanics. Yeah, I'm actually trying um, to pull up my uh trying to pull up my library right now as we're talking because I really want to get the name of that game right because uh, one of the games that I got was on sale because it just released and it is a tower defense game slash like pick and shovel game if I could get my freaking come on recently played. <laughs> of course Vampire Survivors is on there. Of course. Lumencraft, that's what it's called. Gotcha. Yeah, I've got. I talked a little bit about Kepler th- the other day. Um, I only didn't play that more because I really wanted to finish Shipbreaker, and I did. Um, I haven't gone back to it because I haven't gotten the itch, but that's a pretty good game. I've got another survival game that I'm going to try out that's supposed to be kind of like Terraria meets, I don't know, Minecraft called Nessis, N-E-C-E-S-S-E. I'll talk about that when I get the itch to play that. Um, Core Keeper. Um, still a very good game. I just haven't put more time into it because that wasn't the loop that I wanted. Again, Shipbreaker took priority over everything, and then King Arthur Knight's Tale was another one that I want to finish. So again, restarting it, I'm at 22 and a half hours over the last couple of weeks, which is about right because that's when I restarted the game. Um, the one I was going to talk about that's on the backlog right now because I realize it's very grindy and you know, it's not going to end anytime soon. That has a core, a good core gameplay loop is V Rising. Um, what I don't want to happen to me, and this going back to my early access talk, is there's different types of early access titles. Certain early access titles have a pretty solid loop, like Vampire Survivors, that you can play in early access, and you know that if you pick it up later, it's not going to piss you off because there'll be something new. Um, yeah. V Rising, you basically get to the end, and then that's it. Um, there's a lot to do so far, and I think I could probably put a solid two or three weeks into it and not get totally bored. And I guess when Rusty gets set back up, I pick that up for him so he could play it. So maybe he'll report differently when he gets back on the show about B Rising. Um, but I just, much like Valheim, Valheim had a really good loop, but after you got to a certain point, just feel like you were doing it for no reason. And I want them to finish that game. And they they sold Gangbusters, but They've kept a very tight lift about how they want to finish the game. In the last year, they haven't done much with Valheim. Um, 
there are other games like that. There's one game in particular that's come up a lot on this show, and that's Seven Days to Die. Um, that game's been around so long, there's even mods to add additional content to that game. Um, I don't know when they're ever going to finish. It just feels like a game that's always in development and always being bought. Like, there are so many copies of that game out right now. It's also on Game Pass, and it's the current alpha version. If you pick it up on PC, do not pick up the console version of that game. It's like seven years behind. Um, right. The PC version, it's like alpha. It's alpha 20, but they changed the version. Like, this is really more like alpha 200. They update that game about every three to six months, and they've been doing that since 2013. Um, it is a very solid game. It is a very fun game. It is the one game that we played for 24 hours straight on stream um, for charity. Um, usually find it on, on the sale, and that's a pretty good way to do it. But it's uh, very, very, very good. But yeah, that's that's one of those games that you could play over and over again and have fun with it every single time and have a different experience. Whereas, you know, some of the other early access titles, like I have one called last spell that i'm waiting on that doesn't have has the core gameplay loop but doesn't have much of an end game so i've kind of held off on it um everspace 2 is very story based which is different than the last game so i've when i realized that i decided that i wanted to wait because i wanted to not pick the story up in little chunks over the course of several months because that feels really weird Baldur's gate right. right is also an early access i've played through the intro of that game realize that that's super story based and I don't want to fuck with that until it's done. So I borrowed that game from a friend um, because we share our Steam accounts back and forth. We're on different time zones. And I realized that I didn't want to invest $60 into that until it was pretty much on release. Um, But some of these games though, like Kepler, I could see that that's actually in 1.0, which is one of the reasons it got it. And Core Keeper is an early access, which has a Horror loop. That's good. Same thing with Lumencraft. I think that's going to be good. Um, I don't know. I'm your, I'm your man for all things indie because there's not a lot, not a lot on the docket right now. No major releases. When I say major, I mean like Bethesda style releases. That right. You know, if you're that gamer that only looks for that stuff, God bless you. Um, there's so much more out there if you can open your mind just a little bit. It's kind of like saying that you only listen to Metallica when there's like hundreds of thousands of other things you can listen to that are kind of similar, um, that scratch a similar itch, you know? If you're always waiting for just the one album from your favorite band, if you're always listening to Tool and you're only uh, waiting for Tool to release another album, then that's how you, uh, you're you missing out on a whole lot games-wise if you're doing that. If you're only looking for an Assassin's Creed or an Elden Ring or, uh, you know, those aren't even the same category. Or a, uh, you know, Skyrim or something like that. Right. I don't know. I talked uh, talked at length. Did you have anything else you want to talk about games-wise before we jump into a break? No, I think we go ahead and jump into the break. I think we've got um, at least some uh, a decent amount of news to cover with, uh, um, with Summer Game Fest kicking off. Yeah, we're in the middle of that, so we're not going to have everything, but we're going to talk a little bit about it, and we can wrap up more of it next week. But with that, we'll be back.
and we're back. Woo! So we uh, took our longish break again and uh, figured out exactly how we're going to organize our news for today. Um, but we are going to talk a little bit about a couple of stories before we jump into Summer Games Fest. And then, like I said, next week we'll really dive into some more stuff. But there's actually quite a few announcements, more than I realized over the last couple of days. Now, with it being Friday, um, there's still Saturday. And then there's still the Xbox Day, Xbox Bethesda Day on Sunday. So we'll be able to cover the stuff from that um, next week. Like there's a Starfield rumor going on right now that I didn't want to dive into because the Xbox Day is literally Sunday. And I'm sure they're going to say something about Starfield at that point. So it doesn't make sense to release an episode after that day has passed and potentially have something new to talk about the following week. Um, but that being said, there's a couple of stories I wanted to touch on. The first one. Um, I'm going to dive into, and I'll let Jason, you take it after that, is the Diablo Immortal as a .6 user score on Metacritic. .6. Wow. Um, Jason, do you care to guess why it's so low? Oh. Uh, no, because I've not followed it at all. So what it is, is it's a... That's how interested I am in Diablo right now. I was interested until I started seeing these stories pop up. So you can only get it on phones and you can get the PC beta, which I think is the PC full here pretty soon. But at the time, the story I was looking at is from three days ago when it had released. Um, the reason for it was the, uh, the microtransactions. Um, in order to get some of the higher... <coughs> You spend microtransactions on rifts, so it's. I'm that weird person that plays Diablo and gets the story, and then plays a few rifts and gets some better gear and, and calls it good. And then there's some people that grind the fuck out of it, right? If you're that person that grinds the fuck out of it, then in order to get the higher tier rifts, the better drop chances you have to spend money. Um. Basically, it's uh, some people are calling it the gambling simulator. Um, some people are coming in better off going to Seven Eleven and getting, uh, lottery tickets. Um, the thing is, is to get some of the higher, there's a whole lot of grind, um, a whole lot of grind if you don't want to spend money and you can't just buy like a pass and say, I spent money. Now I want to play a game. You have to buy these microtransactions to get the better riffs and it can. So there's a Redditor that said, and this is rough numbers, so don't take this for gospel truth, but it's basically determined to get a currently cost $50,000 to equip a character with a full set of maxed out legendary gems. Which is insane. Wow. Even if it's over $100, it's insane to get maxed out. You're not comp competing, so it's not necessarily pay to win, but it kind of is pay to win because in order to get the best stuff, you really have to shell out the cash. Um... And even if, if it was a good game that was free to play, so to speak, and it took about $100 worth of itemization to get to max level as a free-to-play and you spend it as you went, that might be not nearly as offensive, but like PoE, you pay for skins. Uh, PoE. Um, what's it? Um, Path of Exile. Yeah, PoE. Yeah. Path of Exile, right? You buy extra bag space um, and you buy skins. Um, everything else is earned in game, and it's not super, super... It is grindy, but not that grindy. Um, this is the ability to get chances for better loot is in the monetary system, which makes it... It makes it kind of gross. Um, 
I don't know why Blizzard did this because they're already suffering some reputation loss with all of the sexual sexual abuse allegations they got going on with them right now. So I don't know why they would do this, but this may be the lowest rated game they've ever had. And with that much backlash, unless something major happens, and they have changed things after people said, what the hell, guys? Um, I'm not going to even play it until, you know, uh, that just, that's brutal. That's super brutal. Why? why, I don't even want to, I don't even want them to entertain that there's another user on their system. And I also don't want to entice my lizard brain with any kind of gambling mentality to get something better. I've got plenty of things to play. So for right now, Diablo, you're shelved until something changes about your strategy with this game. Jeez. Well, moving on to something a little bit more positive. Um, Xbox confirmed this week that uh, coming on June 30th to a lot of newer um, things, Samsung TVs and and any Samsung TV released here on out, uh, they will be adding the Xbox app to uh, to Samsung's uh, uh, game portal on their on their smart TVs, and this will allow you to, if you have Game Pass, um, stream a. Uh, any of the streamable games directly on your TV as long as you have a Bluetooth controller connected. Makes me wonder. I haven't opened the Game Pass app in a while because I'm not subscribed to that version of the service anymore for the streaming stuff. Let me uh, pull her up and see what's currently available. Because sometimes the selection... I did this for a little while. Um, I've been a user of the uh of game pass for pc and mobile um since its inception except for very recently i decided to go and get rid of the cloud version because i wanted to spend like 10 bucks a month um let's see if it will load i've got to update the app and i don't want to do that right now do you have it yeah i'm uh Yeah, I can see that you've got Ark, Assassin's Creed Origins, Atomicrops, highly recommend. Um, Let's see, Battlefield. Carrion, Children of Morta, Chorus, Citizen Sleeper. Um, are just some of the few that you can play through the streaming app. But that's actually pretty cool. Uh, Astroneer, that's a great game. Um, Seven Days to Die and Plague Tale. Never I mean, been. that's pretty damn good. And I'm not even going through everything. I'm just going through what's on the main page. But I pulled up Darkest Dungeon, Dead Space. Dishonored 2, all of the Dragon Age games. Um, all the Fallout games. You can play Fallout 76 on your TV in your bedroom. 
Uh, without a console, that's pretty crazy. Um, Little Witch in the Woods. It's a game that I'm currently playing right now, too, that I forgot to mention. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. No Man's Sky. Octopath Traveler. Phoenix Point. We talked about that earlier in the, in the episode. Stardew Valley. That's a great game. Tainted Grail. That's an amazing game. Yeah, the... Uh, it's a pretty good list. It's a pretty damn good list. Yeah, all the Wasteland games. Yakuza 3, 4, 5, 6, and Like a Dragon. All on cloud. I thought Like a Dragon was going off. I guess it's back on. <coughs> yeah, that's a pretty good announcement. I th I'm glad that they're doing that. Um, I guess we want to go through like the highlights of things that we really noticed. Um, they are in the, so Jeff Keeley has been kind of saving games announcements the last couple of years, and I'm glad that he's been doing these things. He hasn't nailed everything a hundred percent, but I'm glad to see that he's making an event out of things. Um, wow, my, uh, this is really wigging out. My phone's doing something crazy right now. Uh, why don't you go ahead and go with an announcement while I figure out why my screen is bouncing all over the place. Oh, that's fun. Um, so not a, uh, not an outright announcement, but, uh, more of a, uh, uh, gameplay reveal and, and show off there, uh, was the Callisto protocol, uh, which is coming at us from the dead space devs. Oh, yeah, the uh, game that just looks like Dead Space the Shooter. Uh, yeah, and I'm okay with that. I know that some people like. Are. This is more Dead Space without it being directly related to Dead Space. I, I, I really do want to see what what kind of world they set up uh, with this one. It definitely has a little bit of a different vibe. Um, at least from the gameplay they they showed at Summer Game Fest, uh, uh, looked to be not quite to the level of horror that Dead Space Three was. Um, I don't know. It looked pretty but, fucking. Scary I mean, to me. they could surprise us. Uh, but it does look good. Uh, you know, I'm my my chicken ass. Stick at that, and I do want to play it. Yeah, my chicken ass is like, uh, I don't know. Somebody else on the show can play it. I get uh, <laughs> Matt on the show to talk about it, or Trent, or it sounds like you want to play it, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, following that, uh, uh, that right up, it uh, looked like, uh, there was a pretty good trailer for game you're interested in, Witchfire. Oh yeah, Witchfire. Um, talk about that a little bit. Uh, oh, uh, I mean, it definitely, it definitely looks really great. It's a, uh, I did see some shooting elements, but I'll be honest, I was just kind of skimming the video and I didn't pay that much attention. Well, I do like the I do like the almost uh uh 
steampunkish western concept to some of it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It didn't look... It looked like there were monsters. It looked like it was fast-paced, like a single-player Doom-type game with a steampunk element to it with unique weapons and powers and things like that, but it looked very fast-paced. And I do like games like that. I just don't like the vast amount of arena shooters and... uh, What's the other one? The... uh, the Fortnites and the uh, what's the what's the title of PUBG's? That? Yeah, PUBG's the world. What's I don't forget the title of that type of shooter. Anyways, the, uh, the those types of games are not really. I own PUBG and I probably sunk three hours into it. Just decided I didn't like it. Um, yeah, and I got it before I realized it was something I could refund. So it's in my library with barely any time on it. And I don't I don't care. Um, one thing I did want to talk about, and I looked into a um, very extended trailer by Fixture Life, um, is Marvel's Midnight Suns. So it's following an old Morbius comic book um, storyline and then kind of reinventing it. But essentially, it's made by Jake Solomon, the same guy that did XCOM, but it's not an XCOM game. It is just a, it is a turn-based game, but they're using cards for your powers. So you set up a deck for each of the characters and then you know you draw cards and it shuffles your deck so you have different sets of abilities for those cards but it's not laid out in a grid at least it doesn't look like it is um the different heroes have a lot of different abilities that all look and seem like they play pretty awesome you have a fully customizable character that's you um i forgot is he called like the executioner or the hitman i don't know Something like that. That was the vibe that I got. But anyways, you have your own fully customizable hero that has a certain set of abilities that you set up. And then you play with a lot of people like Doctor Strange and Iron Man and um, Blade and people like that um, in your party um, as you go up against a bunch of baddies from the Morbius universe, I'm guessing. I'm not real good with my comic book lore. Sorry, guys. Um, But it looks cool. It really does look cool. There's a lot more in the cinematic trailer. I think if you look up Fextra Life, if you like turn-based games or Dark Souls, Fextra Life has you covered. Not affiliated with them in any kind of way, but I do use that channel a lot, and they go way into depth into a lot of stuff. So um, Fextra Life has a in-depth look at the gameplay that's about 15 or 20 minutes long. And that comes out nice. this year, October 7th, I believe. Could be wrong, but I'm... Yeah, I'm right. October 7th. I do remember things like that. Um, but yeah, it uh, looks pretty freaking cool. It's uh, one of the few Marvel games that looks like it might actually be good. Heck yeah, it does. Um, also, uh, revealed with with a trailer, no, uh, no gameplay showed so far, um, was the new... Uh, Crap, sorry. My browser just froze. Aha, there we go. Um, Aliens. Come on. I'm scrolling to find it, too. Chrome is, well, my Chrome is acting. Aliens Dark Descent. It looks like it's a co-op. It's revealed to be a co-op top-down game of you playing Marines fighting Xenomorphs. And I hope it's better than the uh, 
Aliens game that came out last year, like the Aliens franchise doesn't do that good that often. There was Aliens vs. Predator released like 20 years ago. That's pretty cool. There's uh, Alien Isolation, which is excellent. And then maybe this will be good. We don't know. Maybe it'll be on Game Pass so we can try it, or maybe they'll reveal a lot more gameplay so we can check it out. But the concept seems like it might be cool, but Aliens has been very uh, very hit and miss. Yeah, it's let us... Let's face it, developers have let us down with that franchise enough times to make anybody skeptical. Fireteam Elite um, is just going not good. into any new any new game. The uh I wanted to talk a little bit about one other game that had been announced uh during this that I thought was really, really cool. Um and that is Warhammer forty K Dark Tide. There is a, an extended gameplay trailer. Um, it looks like it has a lot of the bones of Vermintide and that you Vermintide 2 where you have the literally hundreds of enemies on screen at a time and it looked chaotic and crazy and it looked like there was a fair bit of melee mixed with gunplay and I'm super okay with that. Um, I hope it's a little bit more gunplay focused just to see how that plays out. Um, but it looks amazing. And the fact that you can customize all the characters themselves to be your own character when you're going into somebody else's game is actually pretty neat. So I can play my own version of uh, the big ogre guy. And you could play him. I don't know if that lets you double up like that. I probably won't. But right, it'll be somebody recognizable as your character. And I think that's something that definitely sets it apart from Vermintide 2. And if they do even half of what they've done with Vermintide 2 with that game, um, Fat Shark knocked it out of the park with Vermintide 2. I have put hundreds of hours into that game. It is one of the most fun co-op games I own. It's it's Dwarves and Doors, right? Vermintide and freaking Deep Rock that are like my jams when it comes to co-op right now. Nice. Um, another uh, another title that uh, look uh interesting with the with the trailer that released is a game by some ex-Blizzard developers called Stormgate. Well, the trailer looks um, cool, but it's an RTS and they didn't show us what the RTS is doing. Yeah. Yeah, it was literally just the story trailer. Um Now, this will be uh this is set to be a free-to-play game. Uh, that is a three-player co-op. Blizzard has a really bad... Oh, this isn't Blizzard. No, this isn't Blizzard. Um, uh, Stormgate is coming from a uh, a team of ex-Blizzard devs. Uh, Let's see, what is the game called? Or what is their studio called? Frost Giant. Okay. Um, That's funny. That's almost a take on Blizzard. Right. Uh, But definitely, uh, it definitely looked good. It's another game that I will wait for uh, more of a gameplay showing before I get super excited about it. But if uh, um, 
if the if the RTS stuff is good and the and the story is uh, as good or better than what that little trailer showed us, then it it may very well be a game that's fully worth picking up. Um, it did not disappoint. Um, Let's say I had one that was that weird steampunk magic game called Nightingale that was a survival game. Uh, that was also focused on co-op as well, that got another gameplay look, um, which uh, it's an extended look, but again, I don't know that there's a release date on it. But if you're interested, it's called Nightingale. And I I am interested, I just don't know when the hell it's going to come out. Like I said, when looking at this, Midnight Suns was the one that I was really looking forward to and Dark Tide because they are coming out soon-ish. Right within a few months, and will give us more AAA style content than what we have. But I did want to jump into one real quick, and then I'll let you close it out because this is my last one. Um, there's a game called Metal Hellsinger, which are <laughs> that was going to be my last one, so go for it. Okay, so what it is is it's a music based rhythm shooter um, that has music. I didn't recognize individual tracks, but I recognized a lot of the different artists. Um, so Matt Heafy from Trivium. Um, can't remember the dude from Dark Tranquility. Um, Tatiana Samiak from uh, Ginger. Surge from System of a Down. Um, uh, the dude from uh, Soilwork. The, uh, uh, Alyssa White Glues from Arch Enemy. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Alyssa White Blues, but she, uh, but yeah, just like there's a good enough variety in there of people that I like that me being a metal snob, actually I'm looking into this. Um, so I don't know if you're into metal and into rhythm games, I think it seems like a gimme. I'll, I'll, I'm going to give it a shot, but it looks like it's, I don't know how a rhythm based shooter works. So I'm hoping the gameplay is good, but I'm pretty sure there's a demo out right now. So I'm thinking about trying that out. Uh, sometime soon just to get a feel for what that's like but i'm pretty sure and it's original free, tracks and the free demo is out now for uh all next gen consoles and pc is it on steam uh it just says pc it doesn't say specifically which seller but i can if look you it can. up and tell you real quick yeah find out i want to talk about one last one then there was a trailer but didn't really really reveal a lot about what it is it just looked really good it's called fort solace um and it has um troy baker and roger clark with voice acting in it which are from last of us and red dead redemption um it's a sci-fi thriller looked very much like this is gonna be totally wrong it may be some kind of detective game kind of like alan wake set in kind of a secluded base in mars but it's called fort solace just look it up didn't really tell you a lot it looks like it's something that's going to come out soon but not enough information um did you find out where that's at the demo is on steam and i'm waiting for epic game store to actually catch up to check there okay if you play pc games you probably have steam i can't imagine some of it only has epic game store um, I mean, you might, 
be oh, surprised. I, if you only play Fortnite, but that's all you're playing. If that's the only PC game store you have. No total hate towards Epic. I get a lot of their free games, right? Um, they had Wolfenstein on there the other day. and um, Yeah, I, I always check for the free game, and then occasionally I buy a game on there. I think I've bought a total of about 10 games on Epic Game Store. Um, but anyways, I think that's a good place to call it. Um, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TiltCast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find friends of the show. You've got CabbageKBG. You've got NoQuarters.net. You've got BMFCast.com. For the love of gaming and TVGP.TV, they'll probably already be covering the game show on Sunday. So with that, it's the end of the show. Peace.